Hello, welcome to Two Sick and Naked Healing Out Loud, where we vulnerably discuss the ups and downs of healing from illness. Each episode, I interview a brave guest who has extensive experience with illness and or wellness, and hopefully we will leave you inspired to warrior on as well as highly informed about something new. Hey guys, super pumped for today's episode with Dominique Tony, an actor and recording artist living in LA. She's had Graves' disease since 2008 and we discuss all things from the symptoms to the diagnosis to the treatments to what it's like to be 20 years old and getting sick and being with your peers in college and living in a dorm. It's really hard. We talk about the things from conventional medicine and from holistic medicine that made Dominique feel better and that give her this beautiful big life that she has today. We get really deep into food as our weekly challenge is to make a meal for yourself and have leftovers. So go out there and cook, find a recipe online, and freeze some of those damn leftovers and eat them. It's one of my favorite ways to live. I do this pretty much every week with soup or or stews. Follow me at twosickandnaked.com if you want more updates. Follow this uh, podcast, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Follow me on Instagram at Shay Jackie for weekly challenge updates, and I'll be there. See you over there. Hi, your host Jackie Shay here. Today I have with me Dominique Tony, born and raised in LA, actor and recording artist, uh, living with Graves' disease since 2008. Hi, Dominique. Hey. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. So I'm super interested to talk to you. We've done, we've had episodes on Hashimoto's on the show, um, and other people have mentioned their thyroid conditions. But I actually, I actually don't even know anybody else with with Graves. Wow. Yeah. I know. Mm. I mean, thyroid <laughs> issues are very are prevalent, right? I yep. mean, so many people have them. Millions and millions of people are living with a thyroid disorder, and most of them, fifty percent, I think, are going undiagnosed. Yes. And most of them are women. I know. And it's similar. It's this, it's an autoimmune disease, right? So, yeah. yeah. So what's a little bit of your story? When did your symptoms start appearing? Yeah. Um, well, like most illnesses, I think as, as someone with an, um, an illness knows, you know, it's brought about by usually a stressful event which was my case, um, my, let's get into this, my junior year of, of uh, high, uh, college, I was dating a guy and I lost my virginity to him. And he broke up with me a couple of days later. Ah, ah yes. Oh, no. Yes. At least you waited, though. I I'm, mean, I don't even want to tell you when I lost my virginity. But, this, but you know what? This is what made it so awful for me was that I had waited so long. I was 20 when I lost my virginity and I waited so long because I thought, well, I want to save this for someone really special. And yes. I thought this dick. You can curse. Good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought this asshole was worth saving it for. And he broke up with me a couple of days later and it was just awful. And, you know, everybody, you know, we're all, I, I went to NYU for acting. And so it was a pretty small community in the sense that everybody knew everybody's business so everybody knew what happened and then also like the day after he broke up with me he was already off sleeping with a girl we all knew oh, so i was just i hate this story it was it was pretty bad can i also okay so let me share the night i broke up with him i'm sorry the night i lost my virginity to him he um he looked at his watch and he was like hey it's getting pretty late i think you should head home I mean, as cold as he wanted to be. So anyways, it was a pretty traumatic, stressful, awful event. And I started to exhibit some of the symptoms that are um, prevalent to Graves' disease. I 
had um, heat intolerance or is it? Yeah. Like I was hot all the time, sweating. And again, New York in January and February is like how cold? Like 25, 30 degrees. Yes. And I remember having to take off my jacket walking down the street because I was that hot. Wow. Really like, yeah. Um, I had um, hand tremors. I had insomnia, which meant that I was sleeping till like like noon or one a, a lot of days. Um, I was eating a ton but losing a ton of weight. Um, these are such typical symptoms. It's crazy. Yes. Like you look up Graves' disease and these are the super typical symptoms. Yep. Right. Um, you had anxiety. Did you have anxiety? I had anxiety. I was seeing a, a therapist and a psychiatrist um, because of the depression that was developing. And I was talking to the psychiatrist about some of these symptoms one day. And she goes, hmm, I'm going to I'm gonna have you go see um, a doctor at the NYU Medical Center. It sounds like you might have... Graves disease and as soon as she said it a light bulb went out my mom has Graves disease oh I said, wow I said I said oh my gosh that's something my mom has um she goes yeah it sounds like you probably have it too and lo and behold they diagnosed me and they do say it's genetic now when yes. you were having those symptoms did you talk to your mom about them and did she she didn't think so interesting I don't No, I don't think I was talking to her about the symptoms. I mean, she, my parents knew I was going through a hard time and I was seeing the the therapist and I was on antidepressants and... I'm assuming you just thought it was all because of a broken heart. That's literally, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I really could not pinpoint... Well, and I also thought some of the symptoms were from the antidepressants. I thought, well, maybe the tremors are, you know, and maybe I'm, yeah, I'm not sleeping well because I'm so stressed and yeah, it was all Graves' disease. And there's, you know, when I saw the doctor, uh, the uh, endocrinologist, he was like, you should be really glad you're, we're catching it right now because any worse than this and you would have gone into a thyroid storm. What is that? A thyroid storm. It's like you're in a car, you're revving on the gas, which is your thyroid overworking, overproducing its hormone, but your car is parked. Wow. Does that kind of, do you kind of get that image? Yeah, I do. And so the, it sounds chaotic. It sounds chaotic. It sounds like you're going to burn your engine out, which essentially I think is what a thyroid storm is, is um, it kind of burns, it kind of burns itself out and you can, that's, that's when you get into like the really scary stuff. Like, and this was actually my mother's case. She ended up having a miscarriage because her Graves disease was um, undiagnosed. And so you kind of go with like, you can miscarry on a thyroid storm. You can... You can, I mean, if we want to go there, pass away. And most people do not. I mean, this is not a disease that you really die from. But in the worst case scenario, it's going down that road. Right. Well, it's a thyroid disease, right? And thyroid diseases are, thyroid kind of is like the control room of our body. So it is important and it is very necessary to us and to our well-being that it functions properly. Um, and it's crazy that people are going so undiagnosed and I guess it's lucky that you, you know, your symptoms manifested in such a way that was so obvious and right. that your mom had it and that you knew your mom right. had it. Um, so yeah. Wow. I so know. you did get lucky and, yeah. and how did they, did they do blood work to diagnose you? They did blood work. They, ch- uh, checked TSH levels, T3, T4. Did they do the free T3? I mean the reverse T3? Gosh, I don't know that I've... No, I don't know. What is that? 
it's a really important test to get and it might be more important for Hashimoto's and and um, hypothyroid mm-hmm. but I wonder I'm wondering what blood test of yours stood out that was so off yeah because often the TSH doesn't right that's so interesting. I, I don't even know if I have access to those records anymore because it was so long ago, but I would be curious as well. I do remember this, though, um, uh, and this is in such stark contrast to the the amount of meds I'm taking now. When I was first diagnosed, I was on something like 50 or 60 milligrams of um, tapazol, which is the um, antithyroid hormone. And now, 10 years later, I'm taking five milligrams wow which goes to show like and i've actually been in remission with this disease before i've been to the point where the endocrinologist was like you we don't you actually don't need to take any medication and and i went for maybe i think two years without taking any medication and so now i'm back up to five milligrams which is really in the scheme of things very small so we're at now we're just kind of like what's the word um managing managing that's the word yeah Did the endocrinologist at some point tell you that you needed to do the radioactive iodine? All the time. (laughs) Really? Even the one I see now, even with my small five milligrams, he's always asking me, well, you thinking about having kids soon? That's their first question. Are you close to having kids? And I'm like, no, I'm not in a relationship. It's not happening anytime soon. And they're always like, okay, but you let us know the minute you think it's going to start happening so we can start preparing because I can't be on... You can't be on tapazole when you're pregnant because it is just... Messes with the pregnancy. Exactly. Um, the radioactive... Will you describe what the radioactive iodine treatment is? Sure. Um, it's something they do for people with Graves and hyperthyroid. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. And Only. Gra- yes. And I will say Graves is essentially hyperthyroidism. Right. Um, so, and my mom got um, radioactive iodine. She did it. So funny. She she always, she's like, I got lucky too because she did it around the same time that the Bushes, um, I guess the Bushes also had um, hyper, like <laughs> um, George Bush had, was diagnosed with hyper, I think, thyroidism or some sort of thyroid disease. His wife was and their dog was. Whoa. So, so <laughs> it was just so crazy. But at the time, all of this information was out because of, you know, the president had thyroid disease. And so my mom was able to benefit from all of the, that knowledge that was out. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, you, you, okay, with radioactive iodine treatment, you basically take a pill. That's radioactive, um, and it it's it localizes um, the gland that it wants to, I guess, burn off. Essentially, you're you're burning off your um, your thyroid gland, and you. Um, my understanding is you have to. Um, you what's the word? Um, sequester yourself for a couple of days because you are like radiating. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, yeah. My mom was like, yeah, I had to. She was. She stayed in her room for a couple of days. She ate off of uh, paper plates because even your utensils have like, like the particles are still like, yeah, because you don't want to infect, infect. What's the word for that? You don't want to, you know. Dose anyone with the radioactivity. Exactly, yeah. Zap anyone? Yes, sure. Let's use zap. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, so, but this is the thing. If, If you do, uh, okay, this is why I have not done radioactive um, therapy and don't think I will. You know, the issue is that you don't know how much really is being burned off. You don't know if the entire gland's going to uh, disappear. You don't know if some of it's going to be left. And so then it becomes really, for like a, a period of time, hard to um, 
figure out the correct dosage of medicine you're going to take, mm. which for some people maybe is fine. But again, I also I leave I lead such a like busy lifestyle that I can't really foresee myself having a year or two to like. I know people do it all the time. You've done it. I mean, I, I, my everyone does it. Your your health is so important. And so it's like I say, I don't know if I'd, I would have time to let my body figure itself out. I would have to. So shut up, Dominique. But, you know, it just it seems like right right now for the time being, I'm just going to take my five milligrams and knock on wood when I have kids. Hopefully, you know the result is that I don't have to get my thyroid gland removed. Right. Well, it's working for you. Exactly. That's the thing is like the only reason I took a couple of years off is because I was going to die if I didn't. And that's the only reason anyone does. I I think. Yes. So it's like, this thing is this five milligrams is working for you. You're able to lead the lifestyle that you want. Yeah. Why would you change anything? Exactly. So I question though, today you lead a really busy lifestyle. When you started getting sick in 2008, what what were the consequences of yeah. that? Did you did anything change and and did it feel really bad being in college? Were you in a dorm? I was in a dorm. Being in a dorm with yeah. fellows, your peers that yeah. were really busy. It was, my gosh, I honestly, I look back and the only way I survived that that semester, which was the second semester of my junior year, it was my roommate. Um, at the time and my parents I really don't know how else and just I think honestly the grace of God the universe whatever you want to call it I mean there would be times when I mean my insomnia was out of this world I would go to bed consistently at three four sometimes 5 a.m. I just could not get to sleep because again your thyroid and this is when this was when it was undiagnosed so I I, I had no idea why I just felt so energized at 4 a.m. and you know what I mean um and so I would be going to bed at four or five, not waking up till one, which meant I missed all my morning classes, which meant, you know, and I, yeah, again, by the grace of the universe was able to not fail out of that semester. Um, but it just meant, it just meant I had to be really kind to myself. I remember just having to have conversations with myself of like, girl, it's okay. It, you're not perfect. It's, this is what it is. It's just a transitional period. Um, I, you know, because I, I found myself in the beginning kind of beating myself up. Like, girl, you should not have missed that class today. Girl, wake up. You missed your alarm. Like really kind of beating myself up before Um, you were diagnosed. Yes. All again, all before I was diagnosed. And then it all kind of made sense once. It's amazing that you could even pre-diagnosis at whatever, 19 years old, 20 years old, go into the conversation of like, don't beat yourself up. I mean, I did not have that. Really? No. And I think a lot of that has to do with how we're raised. I guess. I mean, I would imagine. But I think it's amazing Mm. that you were able to go there. Yeah, I think actually, you know. My mom thinking she was also very, I think it was a lot of her. She was just like, Dom, it's okay. Like, (laughs) it's okay. You know what I mean? Like, just letting me know that it's all just um, temporary. Mm. I also think I had teachers who just were also like, it's okay. You know, like, I remember this one Saturday, um, I had a voice lesson with my voice teacher and I missed it just because I, I over, I, I slept in. I missed the alarm and I called him in a panic. I said, I'm so sorry. I just, I guess I needed the sleep. And he said, it's okay. We'll just reschedule. That's all. And I was like, oh gosh, it's that easy. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank God for those people. Thank God. Thank God. I try to be one of those people. I really do. I do too. Because I- it has changed my life. The people that do that, that go, 
it's okay. You know what? It's better that you got the sleep. Yes. Even. Yes. Or it's better. <laughs> yes. It, what is that? The word grace. Pe- ha- having that sort of grace. I. You're right. I'm going to work on Actually, I think I. <laughs> yeah. I. It's something I wish. I, I want to have more of for other people as well because it's been granted to me so flexibility. many times. Flexibility. Yeah. Like give them flexibility. Everyone gets a chance to be human and it's so important, but it must have but it must have been hard to have been one person with your peers for the previous two and a half years and to now be sort of shifting into this other person that's like sleeping late and missing classes and oh my god you know has is sensitive to the heat and has depression and anxiety and i don't know if anything else was changing like if your skin or your hair or your oh my gosh yes oh gosh we yes hold on hair was falling out I had patches, especially along the front um, of my hairline, that were so thin. Um, And also, let me share, um, well, I'll share why that happened. So I was diagnosed in maybe mm, April, May, and then a month later was off to Amsterdam to do a seven-week program, a study abroad program. And I just didn't have the, um, what is, uh, I didn't have the... Foresight? Yes, to to try to see an endocrinologist in Amsterdam. I just thought, well, I'll go seven weeks. It'll be fine. It wasn't fine. I really should have seen a doctor there because what happened was that um, while taking the 50 or 60 milligrams of tapazole, my thyroid was starting to um, like even out, let's say, and I didn't need to take that much medicine by the time I was finished with that summer. So I was over-medicated essentially when I came back to New York for the fall semester. And because of that, my thyroid was venturing into hypothyroidism. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when I got back to New York, I was 15 to 20 pounds heavier. My my period hadn't come in a month or two. The hair loss was happening. I was dealing with a lot of constipation. And those are all hypothyroid um, symptoms. So then it took us a couple of months to recalibrate everything. It meant having... I think I went like they were like oh my gosh you need to be on just like 20 milligrams like they cut it in half it was crazy wow (laughs) yeah so what was that like at 20 being on the study abroad program I mean it was so hard for me that's why I asked this question because I was known one way and to suddenly be a person that like didn't necessarily look beautiful and didn't necessarily have the charisma I usually had or the energy it was like I felt bad about myself. Yes. Yeah. You know, I think, yes, I think um, some subconsciously I was dealing with that. I do know that, especially the energy thing. And even now I'm someone, I have to get a minimum of eight hours of sleep a night. And that's on the low end. On a good night, I'm getting nine. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand that. They don't understand that. At 10 o'clock, I, ha- I I have to leave your birthday party because I need to start getting ready for bed because if I don't get eight hours of sleep, I am a completely different person. And I know that's thyroid related. Um, Same here. Right. Do you ever get jealous of the people that can do the four, the four hours a night of sleep? No. That's great. I think they're jealous of me. Of because how- you know how to ha- take care of yourself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because I'm so well rested and like... You know, yeah, no, I do not envy them at all. And, but I used to be one of those people. I used to be one of those people that, yeah, I could go all night. I could, you know. Me too. And it's just not the case anymore. And and I'm and that's actually that's actually the part of this disease that I'm okay with because it has made my self care game so strong. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I 
I, I've had to change what I eat. I have, my sleeping patterns have changed. Um, how I socialize has changed and I'm, it's, I'm okay with that. I'm actually okay with that part. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay with it too. My self-care game is so strong and it's my favorite thing. Yes. It's my favorite thing to talk to people yes. about. It's my favorite thing to talk about on this podcast. Yes. And that's what we're going to go into right now, yeah. actually. So um, I know that the biggest thing you've done or one of one of the things you love about your lifestyle now is how you eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love food. <laughs> I know. You can love food and still, you know, have a specific fruit and veggie heavy yes. diet yes people always say to me when I tell them what I don't eat they always say but then what do you eat and I think have you known about how many vegetables there are that are so I mean I sound like someone out there is listening to this being like girl shut up no yeah I know I know no. it's you know um I yeah 10 years ago when, when I was undiagnosed Oh my gosh, I was eating chips for dinner and grilled cheese and this and that and that. I mean, every buttery, sugary, fatty thing, fried chicken, you name it. Yeah. Steaks, burgers. Um, You were 20. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I, first of all, we are living in a time where information is just so plentiful. I mean, I can't tell you how many like Instagram food bloggers I follow and they're turning like roasted eggplant into like nacho cheese and like making the most delicious like the foods we all love are like they're making them out of the most healthy wonderful like I so I'm just also grateful that we're living in this time where you don't have to sacrifice like any of the amazing foods we love because you can eat it like you can have your cake and eat it too in Los Angeles especially we are really lucky because we are just swimming in like vegan restaurants that happen to also make delicious food oh my gosh but i want to take a break here for the weekly challenge welcome to our weekly challenge segment where we arm you with new tools each week to kick some self-care butt as you explore all of these new options presented weekly my hope is that you will come to collect a number of quick ways to take care of yourself inside and out you will essentially have your very own and very handy self-care toolkit Some of the challenges may not work for you, and some will seem perfectly tailored to you. We are building up your defenses, inspiring your mind, body, and spirit toward total wellness. Keep in mind that the goal is always progress, not perfection. The only rule is that you are never allowed to beat yourself up. Keep me posted on your progress. Stay accountable. It helps. Okay, let's hit this week's challenge. So this week's weekly challenge, <laughs> since you mentioned food bloggers and all, yeah. is, and I love this challenge. Dominique, I didn't get to tell you, but I love this challenge because I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I live the same way. Yay. Tell us what the weekly challenge is. Okay. So the weekly challenge is you're going to make a meal for yourself, but it's got to last at least two days. Okay. So you can call this, I don't know, some people call this meal prep, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> But it's got to last two days. And this is the thing. You got to research the recipe. You got to go out and get the the groceries. You got to make the food. I'm a big proponent of frozen, uh, freezing food. So if you've got, if you know, I also get bored after two days. So I, I freeze a lot of stuff because I'm like, okay, it's been two days. And I want to move on to something else. But just the idea of like, you know, you've got food in the fridge that you've cooked for yourself. You know, every ingredient, you know, how much salt is in there. You know, how much sugar's in there. You know, that is so important to me. Um, I think processed foods, oh my gosh, they're, they're terrible. You know, they're like really, 
that's a whole nother conversation. So I, I just love cooking my own food because I know what's in it. And I also love, you know, when I've got a busy day when there's not really a lot of time to like cook or stopping at food. I also don't, I don't like the idea of like having to stop, um, you know, at a fast food restaurant to feed myself. You know, you go in the fridge and you've got, you've got a batch of roasted vegetables. You've got your coconut rice. You've got your whatever. You make it up and you go. So that's your challenge, folks. Go make a meal for yourself. And have some leftovers. Oh, it's so good. In my freezer right now, I have my lentil stew leftovers. I've got one too. The same thing? I've got a lentil stew in my freezer right now. <laughs> yes, I'm taking it out this week. What's in yours? Okay, I've got butternut squash, carrots, cabbage, onions. Um, they're brown lentils, French lentils. Yeah. Um, a veggie stock. Yeah. I, li- I, put, I love to put squash in mine. That's really good. Yeah. What's in yours? Oh, it's pretty simple. It's um, green lentils, spinach, carrot, potato. Mm. I love, I love some organic Yukon gold potatoes. They're my favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, And veggie stock. Yeah, yeah, it's so yummy, so good. And and onion, onion, Mm -hmm. of course. Uh, and I, I do the same thing. I research a recipe. Usually, it's a soup. Yeah, and I, I freeze some, and like it, it saves me. Stress. I love knowing what's in my food. Yes. I love knowing that I have food that's healthy to eat. Yep. It feels really satisfying to feed myself it something does. good. Yes. Um, but I'm super curious, and hopefully you give me some new ideas. Who do you follow for recipes? Oh, my gosh. Okay, I follow Pinch of Yum. Oh, I don't know them. Yep. Um, she's great because she... Um, why is she great? She's great because... She does a lot of one pot meals, so you can just kind of put everything. She's she's big on um, Instapot, which I don't have, but crock, I have a crock pot that I love and use weekly. Um, so I, yeah, I like her meals because she just kind of puts everything in there, and they're amazing. So if you're a soup person, which I think you are, you'll love her. I'm gonna look at her. Yes. What's the difference between an Instapot and a crock pot? Crock pot is. I have a crock pot, but yes. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Crock pot is like a slow cooker, so you can cook. Um, it, it's like a low and slow, f- which is great for soups and if you cook meat. Um, yeah. And then an instapot is um something you can make like you can make a pot of beans. So you know how normally with our lentils, right? You have to soak them the night before, and usually they take. Uh, what they're for like an hour to cook mm-hmm. with an instapot. You don't have to soak your lentils. You put them in; they're done within thirty minutes. Oh, so nice. it's a, it's a pressure cooker. Nice. I don't have one. I don't have one. I don't either. need one. I don't think I need one either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yep. so I love this. So the pinch of yum, pinch of yum, and then also for our vegan, uh, veggie friendly friends, um, the minimalist baker. She is vegan, and all of her recipes are five ingredients or less. Wow. And you know how I just talked about the eggplant um, nacho cheese? Yeah. She's the one who like invented this. The minimalist baker. Minimalist baker. Yeah. Does she do desserts too? Yes. Yes, of course. Let me tell you. Oh my gosh. She the other day posted a vegan cheesecake. The crust was um, walnuts and dates, a little bit of salt and cinnamon, I think. And then the um, the pie filling was um, soaked cashews. Um lemon juice lemon zest and a few other things but like doesn't that like and then sound amazing put it in the fridge and then slice and then she put all these berries on top oh my god oh wow yum Mm. yum do you eat sugar like sugar sugar yeah um that's probably my one big like downfall in life yeah you eat some sugar well because i bake i bake i really love to bake and (laughs) 
it's like like last night i i had a lot of sugar i had like a donut and a like a little tart and i kind of went crazy and i'm suffering today i'm like my like you know i have a headache and i can just tell my energy is super low and i'm blame i think i can blame it on the sugar but my um like which is I, good to know yes it is very good to know but i like to substitute like i i do um i do raw honey i do coconut sugar if I'm going to make like tea, I like to make like my own iced teas and I'll use a little bit of coconut sugar. Um, yeah. Iced teas. Oh my God. You make your own, do you make caffeinated ones? No, I make herbal. With coconut sugar. With coconut sugar. Do you make a lemon mint iced tea? I have before. Because that's what I love. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's so easy. And especially um, in the summertime, I like to make something called sun tea. Yeah. Have you heard of sun tea? Yeah, it's, yeah. Tell us all about it. Oh my gosh. Sun tea is easy peasy. You take your um, tea bags, any kind of tea bag. Um, like my my favorite in the summer is like a blueberry rooibos. Um, I'll do that with water, room temperature, cold, whatever. Um, put it in your pitcher. Put the pitcher out in the sun and let the sun marinate that shit. And, it, and like two out, three hours later, you've got amazing iced tea. And like you're literally letting the sun do the work for you. So you don't worry about boiling your water. Don't worry about any of that. Just put it out in the sun. I love it. Sun tea. So when you make a when you make your mint lemon, mm-hmm. <laughs> do you boil your water? No, right? Well, uh, if so, um, if I were making regular iced tea, not sun tea, I would in my tea pot thing, my kettle, I would boil the water. Uh, I would put the hot water in the pitcher with the tea bags. Um, my coconut sugar, and then let it rest at room temperature, because it's um, usually it's um, not good to put hot items right in the fridge because it brings the temperature of the refrigerator up, mm-hmm. which can spoil your food. So I like to leave if I've just cooked something, leave it out on the counter, let it get room temperature, and then put it in the refrigerator. And then your lemon, you don't want to add it when it's hot because it'll curdle. So I'll squeeze fresh lemon juice into it once it's at room temperature. Amazing. Girl, make yourself some tea. I do. I have to because I drink so much water and I don't drink any. I drink like water and tea. Mm-hmm. That's all I drink. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I'm like, I want to mix it up. Oh, yeah. I, and green juice, right? So mm-hmm. It's like, what am I going to mix it up with? Yeah. So I love it. How how have you found your diet changes? What have you found to be the most effective holistic things you've done for Graves? About a decade ago. So actually after that Amsterdam trip um, where that summer I did not eat red meat I didn't eat red meat and I didn't eat pork when I was in Amsterdam just because I don't know I just wanted to steer clear of it and uh, you know looking back it's like well meat is probably healthier there but for whatever reason I was like it's just going to be easier to avoid meat while you're abroad um so when I got back to New York I immediately was having my Shake Shack burgers and my steak and this and that and my skin was not happy I was breaking out with these huge cyst like um like zits and my period cramps were unbearable and I really couldn't figure out what was wrong I was like just two weeks ago in Amsterdam I was feeling amazing um uh, you know mind you I was also like remember I was still like I was 15 pounds heavier so there were a few graves symptoms that were happening but other than those things I was like I felt good what happened and I kind of just hearkened it back to the meat I was like well the only thing that's changed is that now I'm eating red meat so I went two weeks without eating red meat skin cleared up had no issues with my next period I was like that's it I have not had a burger a steak in 10 years my skin has I, I 
yeah, I've not just, I've had no issues since then. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. What else? Any other food or supplements or exercise or meditation? Mm-hmm. Sleep, obviously. Eight, so, eight or nine hours. Eight or nine hours. Um, you know, there's a lot of... I'm still... I'm still confused about this. There's information out there about cruciferous vegetables for um, um, for thyroid disease patients. I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, we're either not supposed to be having cruciferous vegetables or we are. I still, <laughs> I haven't quite figured it out yet. I still eat broccoli. I still eat cauliflower. It's been fine. Um, I have in the last um, year really ventured more towards a plant-based diet which has worked for me it keeps my energy up it um yeah it's that works for me now in terms of vitamins and supplements um let me see my senior year of college actually the day we graduated I was in my room straightening my hair with a girlfriend and she looked at me in the mirror and she was like what's going on with your eye I said, I don't know. And I looked and my right eye was protruding out more than my left. Didn't quite know what was going on, but it started to get worse and worse and worse. And you could really tell that my right eye was just like bulging out essentially. And I found out it's called um, proptosis, exo, girl, let me see if I can pronounce this, exophthalmos. Uh It's basically a a protrusion, protrusion of your eye. And it is a symptom of um, people who have Graves' disease. And because of that, I found a supplement called selenium, which helps. And I take 200 milligrams of selenium a day. And that has, um, I mean, you can't even tell now because, I mean, it the protrusion, that word is terrible, protrusion <laughs> has gone down significantly. And I think it's actually gone completely. But the selenium was really helpful in the beginning of that um of my eye stuff um just helping it to like calm down cool i had no idea selenium and apparently selenium is good for we should all be taking selenium because it's not really found in food um and it's a yeah yeah i don't know much about selenium but i'm always down to research some new supplements although i do not need to be spending any more money on supplements oh my gosh how how many do you take a day i'm curious i take (laughs) um let's see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I guess like eight. Yeah. Um, I do about 4,000 um, milligrams of vitamin D a day. It's pretty high. But IU. IU. Yeah, yeah. IU. And um, also something that might be helpful for listeners. Um, I, when I was in the beginning of my Graves' disease stuff, I had really bad canker sores. And you know, canker sores are the ones inside the mouth, not their, yeah, like their mouth ulcers. I could not figure out what to do to relieve the pain that was going on. But L-lysine, which is a supplement, was so was so instrumental in helping clear those up really quickly. So is I that- take lysine every day. Yes. I don't know why. Sometimes I don't remember what I take because I'm just like taking it. But yeah, I take a lot of lysine. You, you do. And you know why I started taking lysine pre-Lyme? I got cold sores. That, okay, that's C? That's it. And a doctor said if you take L-lysine, the cold sores will get better. Yes. And they did. Yes. They totally did. Not completely. Like at some point they got crazy again because of my immune disorder. But it's suggested with Lyme also because it's an antiviral and it will help your body and your immune system. Yes. I love lysine. Oh my gosh. And you're still taking it. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, I stopped taking it, but now I'm wondering if I should. It's really good for me. It yeah. feels, it's a feel good for me. Okay. Magnesium too, I forgot about. Magnesium's a big one for me. Do Neuro. You ta- do you take magnesium at night? Yes. Yes. Okay, right. Yeah. Yeah. How's your insomnia these days? Non-existent. Wow. And I, did, so did most things just get better once you found the right dose of medication? Yes. Is that the most effective conventional medicine thing you did? No, actually. I had a, so I had a voice teacher in New York who, you know, I was telling her about my thyroid issues and, you know, at the time I had discovered that my thyroid was um, enlarged and at to this day, it's twice the size of a normal thyroid. You can't really tell also just because, you know, it's not terribly visible, which I'm grateful for, because if it was like a true goiter, then that would probably be more incentive for me to get the radioactive iodine. But um, it's not quite a goiter, but it's large. And I was telling my voice teacher this and I was really concerned. I was like, I don't know if this is affecting my voice because I was also going through some voice issues at the time. And she recommended a um, naturopath in New York who apparently worked with women who were dealing with thyroid issues and hormone regulation. I went to see this woman. I paid, she didn't take insurance, of course. So I mm-hmm. paid her out of pocket, a couple hundred bucks. And what's so funny is that she ran blood work and she said, she's the person that told me I, I could be in remission. I could be in remission, that I was in remission. She essentially was like, your levels are perfect. You don't need to be on any medication. Girl, you're good. And I think at that time I was maybe five or 10 milligrams. She basically gave me the the go ahead to just go go and I I did and that was that was in 2011 remission only lasted two years once it kind of kicked back um it's funny oh my gosh you're wow it this just reminded me my Graves disease re-emerged after another like stressful event mm-hmm. a breakup a really bad breakup and um, and a move across the country. I'd moved from New York to Los Angeles, and my Graves' disease came back with a vengeance. And at that time, I yeah, acupuncture once a week. What is the most effective conventional medicine thing you did, though? Conventional? Yeah. Was it? Is it that that the medic the medic medication? Yeah. Did you get back on medication at that time? I did. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah. Honestly, the the medication. I, it's funny. I just saw my endocrinologist a month ago, and he was like. He was like, yeah, no, you still need to be on the medication because without it, you you know, he did an ultrasound on my thyroid and he said my thyroid is juicy and busy. He said there's a lot of activity going on in there. So without your medication, you 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 were, were heading in a not so great direction. So you need to be on your medication. I said, okay, I hear you. I will not. Right. And this, and yeah. And this is, you know, this is a disease. There's no cure for it. I will be on the medication. Right the rest of my life yeah but you you are managing it really well and Mm -hmm. and the medication's helping and you do all these other things that are helping so what's a day in the life how do you manage your very busy schedule with your self-care I take it day by day honestly like tomorrow is a day where I'm like I don't know how I'm gonna get all of this done but and I get really the idea of being the idea of being tired or stressed really stresses me out like tomorrow I'm concerned that it's going to be too much that I'm trying to fit into one day and I'm concerned I'm going to be tired and what that's going to mean and I I have the same feelings (laughs) when I have a busy day ahead of me I get 
anxious and I'm like, will I be able to tolerate it? Uh, You know, how will I feel by the end of the day? And, you know, similarly with stressful events in my life, I get so nervous because I'm like, this is a really stressful event. Am I going to like get really sick? Yeah. You know, I've learned that um, I just have to at that point and I'm going to do it as soon as I leave here, start saying no to things and just start clearing my schedule just a little bit so that there's room for me to breathe. Yes. Because in uh, saying no. Yes. Say no. When I lived in New York, you know, and again, this is like the the New York lifestyle. You pack everything in. Like I can remember days when I would do because the bank was next to the this and the this was next to the this. I would just do it all and get it all done with. And I would run myself dry. And I realized I can't really live that lifestyle anymore, even though I try. Like, you know, I can't I cannot try to fit six things into the span of four hours. It just is not like something's going to suffer. Um, So, uh, yeah, I just I you got to say no to some things. Saying no is such a big part of self-care. Right. And then you make sure to get your eight hours of sleep. You make sure to eat your healthy meals. um, Drink enough water. I'm sure Um, the. The social thing, something I did was I started, I don't even remember who told me to do this, if anyone told me to do this, but they were like, write a to-do list the night before and put rest on number one. Like that rest is the most important thing you're going to do that day. I love that. And I was like, okay. And then I started writing these manageable to-do lists Mm -hmm. when I was very sick. And I realized I could only really do like two or three things. And... um. And that when I tried to do more, you know, I felt like a failure because I couldn't get it done. And it just taxed me in a way that wasn't. And what you're saying about the bank and the this and the that, it is it, it is such growth for me to know I need to do something and to say, I can do that tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. It is yes. growth. It is like <laughs> yes, at my most spiritual is when I'm going, you know what? I'll do that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really I feel that very deep in my soul. It um it has taken me a while to get to that point, but you're right. It is such a, a just yes, yes. I mean, a hundred percent. And you know, I think uh, back to that to do list. Something I've also been doing is like on my to do list, I'll put journal or like color for ten minutes or um whatever yeah. it is. Something like um oh gosh. Let me share this. I love this. So on Twitter, I follow this amazing like health and wellness advocate name. Um, what is her name? Her name is Hey Fran Hey. Hey Fran Hey. And she she's great. She'll post anything that she thinks is going to just help. You know, she's great. She's great. She's got all these great tips. The other day, she tweeted something um, to the effect of, you guys should put together a list of things, music, foods, whatever it is that make you feel happy so that when you're in your moment of stress, anxiety, despair, whatever it is, you can go to your list and know that, oh yeah, that song makes me feel good. Oh yeah, drinking that cup of tea makes me feel peaceful. Oh yeah, reading that passage from that book makes me feel calm. So I've, I've done that too and that's also something like, yeah, that I just will plug into when I'm feeling like, oh. 100%. Yeah. Actually, that's something I tell my clients to do all the time. That same, because you need to have a place to draw from. Yes. And today I was feeling really run down and just like a little depressed and mer, mer, mer. And I was talking to a friend and she was like, so what are you going to do today? And I pulled from my list. Yes. And I was like, oh, I like to sit outside. I like to drink tea and I like to read magazines. I'm going to go sit outside <laughs> with a tea and read my magazine. 
And did it make you feel better? It did. Being in the sun always makes me feel better. But it was like, I know, you know, because I've written those lists, it gives me an opportunity. I love that you separate them. And you're like, that song. Oh, I love that song. It makes me feel good. So good, Dominique. Mm. So much good information here. I'm so inspired to go do all the things. And will you tell us where people can reach you? Sure. Oh, gosh. Um, let's see. Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. I'm at Dom Tony. D-O-M-T-O-N-E-Y. Um, let's be friends. Yeah. Yay. I'm so, thank you so much. This, uh, you know, I have to share. I don't really get the opportunity to talk about this part of my life. So I was really so excited at the opportunity to kind of like share the, this journey of mine that, I, yeah, I've not really shared with a lot of people. And it helps so many people. I know in LA, like we're so used to talking about our creative life and mm-hmm. our creative arts. And I'm so glad. And you're helping a lot of people, I'm sure. Young, other young women or <sighs> older women that just need to know that there's a solution. 100%. You can get better. You can live a totally manageable life. So thank you so much for coming on. Gosh, thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Too Sick and Naked podcast, everybody. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Find me at Jackie on Instagram and follow me at TooSickAndNaked.com if you want some more wellness gems. You can also join the Healing Out Loud Facebook group. Find me on there and absolutely join if you are interested in healing out loud with some of your fellows. If you are interested in my coaching services, you can write to me via email and write to me with any other questions, concerns, comments that you have. I'd love to hear from you always. Have an amazing week, my beautiful friends, my Healing Out Loud tribe. Can't wait to give you more wellness gems and tips next week, and I hope you're able to implement what you learned this week. All right, see you next time.